Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Afterwork Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and COVID-19 lockdown girls, (laughs) Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Hello, everyone. We're sorry that we're late this week, but we've had a COVID scare. Yeah, so the UK is now pretty much on a full lockdown. Uh, Boris Johnson is just... I don't know what he's on about. He's just dragging his feet every single day. He's saying that there's a proper lockdown, but basically um, everyone is advised to stay inside. So no one's going to bars, no one's going to restaurants, no one's really going outside unless it's to go to the supermarket. Public transport's been like shut down a lot. It's still running, but way less services. And we're all inside. So Grace is in West London. I am in East London. and like we Romeo have- and Juliet. We've been kept apart by the virus. We haven't seen each other in a week. I know. It's really sad. So it's just been this slow. It's such a strange. It's I feel I feel like it's one of those weird things because it's just little things have happened day by day that you kind of forget how crazy what's going on is because the wing where we work closed and then Acast, our podcast studio, closed. And then so we we're both just working from home and then it became kind of legally compulsory to work mm. from home and now you know schools have, you shut. Just schools have shut you can't get public transport even if you wanted to I'm not seeing my family because I'm worried about infecting them it's just everything's kind of got crazier and crazier in the last week so yeah and then I got a bunch of symptoms <laughs> yeah so this is late because Grace got sick and so last night I was talking to my friends and I go, Grace has COVID-19. And then one of them was like, you can't say that without her being tested. And I was like, I get that. But she has all of the symptoms of the virus that is spreading around the world like wildfire. 
and she cannot get tested, which is crazy. So in the UK, you can't get tested even if you wanted to. Yeah, so in Australia, my mum was telling me they literally have kind of pop-up sites. They've got 100,000 new tests per day or something crazy. I've just made that number up, so (laughs) don't quote me on that. But they have loads of testing, and basically if you have a high temperature, you can go in and get tested on the spot. Um, But the UK have taken this herd immunity approach, which I'm not a doctor, so I won't go into the whether or not that's the right thing to do. But basically, they're not testing. They've only got 5,000 tests or something like that available per day in a country of 66 million people. (laughs) And the NHS is famously sort of over-pushed already. So their attitude is if you have symptoms, it says on the government website, if I have symptoms, do I go to a doctor? And it says no. (laughs) So stay home for two weeks. If you've got symptoms such as like high fever, dry cough, fatigue, um muscle pains, other kind of flu-like symptoms. Um, They basically just say stay home and self-isolate for two weeks. And then the problem with it is that it turns into viral pneumonia, which you need to be hospitalized for. So if you get to that stage, then you just go straight to the hospital. It's so bad as well, because I was saying last night, what are the the chances that you have it are much higher than the chances that you don't have it. Because considering you have the symptoms of the thing that is everywhere right now but then you can't tell people so i feel like if you were tested for it and you knew you had it you anyone who's come into contact with you me zach would be being so much more careful because it's confirmed but like even though it hasn't been confirmed you probably just do have it so we should all be that careful but that's what i mean with all these people who have the symptoms are kind of like well, we don't know for sure so my family member can probably still go to the supermarket or we don't know for sure so maybe i don't need to stay locked indoors for two weeks maybe i can go for a walk and potentially touch something and that's what's so difficult about it is because the symptoms are so vague like i have a lot of the symptoms but it's also we talked about we've just come back from a really hectic two weeks and we're really tired and I am a smoker so I have a cough most of the time and we're in the first flu season of the European winter so who knows it's this is the thing that's going to cause this disease spread so rampantly is that people won't take symptoms seriously because they could be so easily just written off as something else Mm. and that was my attitude because I had like three days of feeling really shit and then woke up and felt fine and I was like oh okay I must just not have it but you've got to take the attitude of super vigilance of well I can't get tested but I just need to act as if I have been tested positive because otherwise you're putting people at risk yeah it's so crazy so and even one of my friends a few weeks ago again wasn't tested because they wouldn't test her, but had every single symptom and was bedridden for a week and a half. She tried to get up oh. to walk down the stairs and um, she couldn't breathe. So she it was in her lungs so much that she physically was out of breath trying to walk downstairs. So it's like you just, you just have it and they wouldn't test yeah. her for it. So she didn't know. So then probably spread it to a bunch of people. I know we just dived straight into the coronavirus chat, which is probably what a lot of you don't want to hear about right now and while we know that it's really important to stay up to date with information so what we're going to do is we're going to have the first half of the podcast talking about what you need to know how to even combat anxiety how to combat loneliness what to do if you're self-isolated and have a big coronavirus chat and then that next half of the podcast and we'll tell you at what minute you can start that at will be non-coronavirus chat so 
us just talking crap and laughing and uh, taking your mind off things. Yes. So if you want to skip forward, you can do that. But also in our coronavirus chat, we'll be talking about lots of great like books and podcasts and TV shows and things that you can be watching while you're self-isolating. So it won't be all doom and gloom. Yeah. So to kick things off, we had a quick chat with a medical professional. So Phaedra is my best friend since I was a little wee muffin in high school. My arch nemesis. <laughs> and she uh, is a nurse. Actually, so many of my friends are nurses and they're just absolutely bloody amazing. I feel like people, I do think people appreciate, but I hope people really think and appreciate the fact that it's literally their job every day to go into a proverbial war zone of sick people while there's an actual pandemic and to just work and work and work and work and pull crazy hours. And um, I know that Phaedra's been basically called in and enlisted to be flown anywhere in Australia that she has to be as this virus spreads. So they're very, very important and we love them. And we just thought that we would speak to her just to get a kind of medical opinion on the values of self-isolation, things to be worried about, really simple little tips that will just keep you healthy. And yeah, so enjoy. Hello, Phaedra. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, what a beautiful introduction. Thank you. Um, So I wanted to start by asking you why social isolation is so important because I feel like a lot of people don't really understand. Well, it's very important because we need to flatten the curve. I'm sure that's like a hashtag everyone's been seeing right now. Um, Without enforcing this, we give the virus the opportunity to spread. And unfortunately, this is a virus that spreads extremely quickly. Um, It, on average, I think it's like every person that gets it gives it to at least two to three people. And we're seeing numbers double or even triple on a daily basis without social isolating. As you can see from Italy statistics and China, many countries um, now, like, Australia and America and the UK were on par with that on the graph that they're showing. So eventually we're going to see our numbers reach those levels if we don't socially isolate. And some kind of sentiments I've seen among mainly younger people, millennial generation, is this kind of idea of, oh, it's just like the common flu, everyone's going to get it, it's inevitable you're going to get it, I don't really care. Um, Why is that like the wrong approach to have? Um, well, I'd like to think that people don't, they don't not care. I think they're just misinformed or miss, you know, they don't really understand. Um, I don't think they're really aware of the, you know, health implications of it all. Public health isn't something that's been in the media very much. Um, and I think we just need to get the right information out there. I think people are very overwhelmed right now, but basically... If we experience high volumes of people requiring interve- like hospitalisation and intervention, our healthcare systems will completely crumble. We cannot take in 5% of our population getting sick. I mean, we've seen the numbers in Italy, and this is like a first world country that has one of the best healthcare systems, and they are completely suffering. And we should all be learning from that. 
Um, even though the numbers are statistically low for young people, some of us will still require medical intervention as well. And if that's not enough to make you care, if you're a young person that gets into a car accident or, you know, has any kind of other health issues, go to the emergency department. You'll be waiting a really long time and that's even if you're going to get seen at all. So it's going to affect everyone and your family. Yeah, and I saw Will Smith just before talking about it and he was saying that what people don't really understand is that in hospitals, say, there's like 40 beds for, I think he said respiratory, I don't know the medical terms, but he said, say there's 40. If 60 people are that sick, then all of a sudden the hospital is overwhelmed, whereas if you flatten the curve and only 20 or 30 people get sick, then it's manageable. So it might seem like not that many people, but it'll be the difference between a hospital and its staff being able to cope versus not being able to cope. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can handle the virus and we can handle people getting sick. We just can't handle the the rate that it's spreading and how how quickly it's affecting us. And if we don't socially isolate, there's no way we can, you know, get any control over that. And what do you wish that more people understood or appreciated about workers in the medical industry, especially at times like this? Um, I think on any given day, really, um, it depends on what's going on. But I think it's just that people don't really see what goes on behind the scenes. I mean, even being a student, when I first started working in a hospital, I hadn't, you know, I'd never been a patient. I'd never had a family member that had been ill. So I didn't really know what to expect. And then when I saw how much people gave every day, I mean, you have to put your best self forward. Making a mistake is not an option Um, every person you deal with is having their worst day they're hungry they're tired they're sick they're annoyed they're they're sad they're heartbroken and it can be a lot emotionally physically so just think in these times more than ever just be supportive be patient be gentle with us and each other we're all scared and we're putting our lives and our families on the line to save yours so please don't steal our protective equipment as well because we need that <laughs> oh really yeah we've been having um people steal masks and hand sanitizer oh my god it's getting pretty hectic <laughs> and i read that the masks uh, masks are really mainly beneficial in stopping you from spreading disease to others if you have it not so much in protecting it from hap- from you getting it yourself is that right yeah absolutely there's a I think there's a lot of um, misinformation about wearing masks as well. We are facing a shortage of them um, to the point now where hospitals are even saying maybe we need to look at putting off people's surgery so that we can save them for when this becomes a greater concern. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so the only people that should really be wearing them is people looking after these patients and people that have the disease themselves. And I wanted to ask about people who are in self-isolation because I'm now on day five and you can start to feel a bit kind of stir-crazy inside. What are some kind of simple, effective tips that you would give to staying kind of mentally and physically healthy while you're isolating? I probably would say this from my personal perspective mostly, but I would try and like kind of disconnect from all the media it's kind of like as soon as you log into any kind of social network I mean it's great that we're all being supportive for each other but it can be a lot and you know check in on your friends and family 
give them a call, have like a big FaceTime. Um, as for like physically going out and doing things, it depends on the country's restrictions and if you're if you are in fact infected. But if you're keeping social distancing and you're going for a walk, that's not going to harm anyone. Mm. So I think all of that really really helps and even just reading a book doing meditation all that kind of self-care stuff nice and last unofficial not serious question what are your recommendations for self-isolation books podcasts movies stuff that you're loving um well i obviously religiously listen to your podcast (laughs) not not just because i'm on it i've got a gun to her head through the screen across australia to the uk um yeah um well at the moment i'm actually studying and working full time so i haven't had a lot of downtime um but i've just started watching twin peaks which i've never seen it's so So, good yeah it's fucking crazy (laughs) yeah and i actually love just like going on youtube and watching people like do up their house or like learn how to cook or um ted talks like there's so much information and you can learn so many skills from that i like i love to learn well thank you so much for talking to us because as you said you're very busy saving people's lives and we very much appreciate your expertise oh you're so welcome thanks for having me and i love you Just off the back of what Fade said, um, over the past few days, I've been freaking out because I keep seeing, you know who you are, listeners of the podcast, friends of mine at Bondi Beach, just having big picnics with friends and hanging out. And I know that in the in Australia and New Zealand, and I think this is what my mum has kind of been saying on the phone to me as well, um, a drunk Donna clip is going to be inserted at the end of this because <laughs> she just called us <laughs> as we were trying to record this. Um, I love her so much. I know. But basically what she's been saying is she the feeling of being at the end of the world and the feeling of being really isolated from from all of this and from, you know, like New Zealand's so far away from everything. We're so easy. We're Jacinda Ardern's closed the borders down. Like we're taking really strict approaches. But the thing is, this, this virus is probably going to hit Australia just as hard as here. And three weeks ago, Italy had 229 confirmed cases and Australia is already far more than that. Australia's currently at 709 confirmed cases. And three weeks later, Italy's at 41,000 cases and 3,405 deaths. And that was figures taken a couple of hours ago. So it'll be higher than that now. So it's like Australia is already further along than Italy was three weeks ago. And even though the government's telling people to self-isolate, it just feels like people aren't taking it seriously because you do feel over there that you're kind of immune to it or you're like away from it and it's warm in australia and so it's not going to happen but it's like it is happening and it's freaking me out yeah and i feel like i've had lots of messages from people kind of being like oh my god are you okay over there what's happening over there are you okay and i i'm responding yeah it's no different to where you are it's a global (laughs) pandemic you know i think obviously because people are seeing all these news stories coming out of europe they think it's a european problem but sadly and unfortunately the nature of how quickly and easily this spreads is that it's an everywhere problem and everyone just needs to be this whole idea like Phaedra talked about of flattening the curve is this idea that if we're vigilant now we won't have to see how far this can spread but everyone needs to take kind of personal responsibility and just do it because I understand that 
you can sit indoors and just think, what am I doing? This is so silly. I don't have it. What are the chances of me having it? I'm not going to get it. And just say, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to go down the road and go to the pub or I'm just going to go to the beach or I'm going to whatever. But you're not doing that. Or I'm just going to go hang out with four friends. That's fine. But it's the things you touch on the way. It's the people you see on the way. It's the fifth friend that comes along. It's the four friends who have been hanging out with four other friends earlier. It's just... uh, But also if 500 people... (laughs) say we'll just go the four of us that's two thousand people all two inches from each other on a beach yeah and also the thing is and i i hate that this has even been out there in the media where people say that younger people are less at risk because yeah if we get it the chances of us dying are low but it's not even about that it's about overwhelming the nurses and doctors it's mm-hmm. about a lockdown so that millions lose their jobs and the economy fails and obviously other people losing loved ones it's about this going on for months and months and months longer than it needs to it's just like if everyone just stays inside now goes to the supermarket grabs what they need sends one person to go and get supplies i know it fucking sucks but also just go inside and like we were about to talk about um read books watch movies just chill out and slow down because otherwise it's, it's just gonna get it's just i don't know every time i see a photo of people at bondi beach i'm like are you guys fucking kidding me <laughs> <laughs> And in New Zealand is, yeah, I get it. New Zealand has hardly any cases, but sorry to break it to everyone. There are thousands of people flying home, scared from the UK, from Europe, from the US, every single day flying back to Australia and New Zealand. The government's put a call out saying that all traveling New Zealanders and Australians should come home immediately. People are freaking out over here and flying home. And you're told to self-isolate for two weeks. But that's barely being patrolled. I just read an article today of a guy who flew home from Italy and he literally got a temperature check at the airport and then that's it and told to self-isolate. And then it's the people that you... The things you touch on your way home, the Uber or whoever takes you home, if you're in a house with loved ones, they then cannot leave the house for two weeks with you, not even to go to the supermarket. Like, there's a lot of variables to take into consideration and also people just can't be trusted like there'll be so many people who'll be going home for this two-week isolation period who will probably spend about five days inside and then decide that they're fine enough to go for a walk or fine to go get a coffee or whatever and then every single person who has it whether they know they have it or not whether they're asymptomatic or not will be spreading it to three other people it's like I'm just scared and I want everyone down at home to like take it seriously because look at us right now yeah, I know. I know. God. <laughs> okay. And then, now that we're freaking you all out, I just feel like... Now I that we want- freaked you out, we, I think part of the reason that we're saying this is because we're in self-isolation and it, it is really not that bad. It's not. It's not this horrible, terrible thing that you have to do. You're being asked to help contain a global pandemic that will really impact people's lives by kind of just sitting inside at your house. And I'm not saying that flippantly because I know that it's affecting a lot of people's work and if you work in jobs like hospitality, it must be incredibly stressful. But if you are lucky enough to have a stable income and a salary and your job is allowing you to work from home and you just need to self-isolate and not leave for two weeks, things could be worse in terms of helping save heaps of people's lives. I read a tweet and it was like, like, oh, no, uh, something around... Being locked in one house for two weeks, I much prefer going between two to three buildings on repeat every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> Which is literally true. Exactly. 
I think the last thing I wanted to do with this episode is to freak people out. But then this morning I was just looking at all of this stats and statistics about Italy versus where Australia is at right now. And I think it would just be silly of us to not, especially because we're in the UK and we're seeing firsthand how bad it can be and how bad it's likely going to be with the stats and statistics in Australia and potentially New Zealand. I know New Zealand's doing really well with border patrol, but so many people can't be trusted to just stay inside their homes. Um, Like, I just think it would be stupid of us not to really hone that home for our listeners and friends back home. It's also trying to summarise that balance of you want – you don't want anyone to feel panicked because it it's not a situation that requires panic. It's a situation that requires diligence and kind of thoughtfulness. Mm. And because I think people go down the, I read a really great thing today that said some uh, from a psychologist that said, when there are stressful situations, people resort to black and white thinking, um, which I know is a kind of side effect of anxiety. And it's this idea people seem to have of either, oh, my God, this is the scariest thing ever. I need to stockpile and I'm panicking and being quite over the top or saying, it doesn't matter. Everyone's going to get it. Who cares? If you're young, you'll probably be fine. I'm not going to stop doing what I want to do. It seems like people are trying to fit into one camp or the other, whereas I guess what we're saying is the answer is obviously somewhere in the grey zone in the middle where there's no logical reason for hoarding. There's absolutely no impacts to the food supply chain. It doesn't make sense. Supermarkets aren't going to shut. Every government has said that. Every leader of the major countries has said that hoarding has literally no practical purpose for anyone. But that doesn't mean, therefore, that there's nothing at all to worry about and that you shouldn't also be aware of the risks and be vigilant. It's like finding that happy medium between not being hyperbolic and panicked and not being kind of ignorant or burying your head in the sand. I also think... That while it can be overwhelming, it's so important to stay on top of the information. And I think that I've been reading a lot of places saying, you know, it's okay to switch off right now and like not focus on things if it's giving you anxiety. And I understand because I have very bad anxiety. I haven't been able to eat breakfast for the last couple of days. I'm staying at a nice hotel where the breakfast is free and I literally can't eat it. And (laughs) I haven't been able to eat properly the last few days as well. And so we are, we totally get it. And but it's so important to stay on top of the information and to do your best. Like we're all being asked to help right now. We all need to know what's going on in the world and whether that's just waking up in the morning and reading a news report and then checking it that night and making sure you're staying up to date with what's happening because laws and restrictions are changing all the time. It is, it is super important. It's like civic duty kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause it is, it's about protecting vulnerable people. It's about protecting elderly people. It's about, protecting people who have uh, autoimmune diseases that make them really at risk that you would never know from looking at them on the outside. My friend has one lung. He's like super Mm. at risk and it's one of my really good mates and people are just out partying. I'm like, cool. (laughs) Mm. Now that we've mentioned anxiety, let's talk about a few things that you can do to combat anxiety. So one thing that I always do that I was taught by my psych years ago is um belly breathing do you do belly breathing yes yeah so it's when you breathe in through your nose and as you're breathing and you're pushing your stomach out so you're not making your chest inflate you're just moving your stomach in and out slowly and I do that 12 times so if you like lean forward if you're sitting down and you lean forward onto your elbows and you breathe 
that will show you how to do it because that's the only way you'll be able to breathe if you're leaning forward. And right. I've also had if you put your like hand above your stomach and you just wait till it inflates till it taps your hand. Yeah. Because it should so, fill your belly with air. Yeah. And then breathing out slowly 12 times is like a thing I always do. Another thing is the five senses trick, which is acknowledging if you're starting to go down an anxiety spiral and you're starting to feel upset, it is to acknowledge five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And if you do that in order, I just have a note on my phone that reminds me of that, um, and we'll put it in the show notes, but it change, it makes you t- it forces your mind to think about something else. Um, I also was recommended by my psych that everyone loves, uh, the Calm app. So I've had Headspace for ages, but I found it annoyed me. So the Calm app's really Same. been helping. Headspace sucks. And then uh, I have my Rescue Remedy pastels, of course. Um, and then another thing that we have implemented in my friend group is a COVID-19 um, ban of speaking about it past a certain point. So we've found that on FaceTime or um like if you're chatting to anyone if you live with anyone and you find that you're just talking about it on repeat like I'll talk about it with my friends or I'll talk about it with Grace and then my mum will call and she'll hype me up and then I'm freaking out and it just you just get wrapped up in it so I've put a ban on speaking about it past 8 p.m and then you can only talk about Mm. things that are going to calm you down otherwise you just cannot sleep (laughs) yeah so I think for me with anxiety a few of the big things alcohol is the worst thing ever for my anxiety and I think for most people's anxiety so I would avoid drinking if possible even though it's probably very tempting right now and sleep it's such a boring thing to prattle on about but the importance of sleep and keeping your mental health in check is just crazy and your physical health Matthew Walker is a sleep expert and he wrote a book in 2017 called why we sleep and it just is so amazing and kind of changed my life because it's basically about how all of these brain diseases like dementia and then other and Alzheimer's and then other things like cancers and heart disease, all sorts of problems can all be related to the brain damage that's done to you if you're not sleeping properly. So if you're in self-isolation, it's a really good excuse to get on top of like sleep hygiene as they call it. So setting regular bedtimes, getting at least eight hours doing all those boring things. I find that my anxiety skyrockets if I haven't had proper night's sleep a few nights in a row. So that's a big one. And then, yeah, just reading. It is important to keep on top of the information, um, but don't be – oh. Okay. I'm so hot and I can't put the air Doing on. Doing a script it... tease on <laughs> Skype. I'm so hot and it's – you can't put the air con on because you can hear it with the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> I just have my bra on now. Poker. Um, and yeah, COVID-19 strip poker. COVID-19 strip poker. Um, you can, yeah, be on top of the information, definitely, but try not to get, like you said, sucked into a wormhole, just reading, 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 reading everything that you see because it will make you feel incredibly anxious. And even last night I was reading, I don't know how I got onto it, I read this new publication called Airmail. It's such a bad name, but it's the best. It's Graydon Carter, who used to be the editor of Vanity Fair, has launched his own publication. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And he's taken a whole bunch of their writers, our favourite Josh Duboff. Oh, my God, what? Yeah, it's the best. Where is that little rascal bean? 
glasses popped up at Airmail. I don't know why it's called Airmail Weekly. It's so random. But everything they write is so, so, so good. But I ended up reading this five-part series about domestic violence murder last night. And then I was lying awake just throbbing with anxiety for hours. I was like, this is just not the right thing to be doing right now. Just My, my psychologist always used to say to me, because I always used to listen to true crime content, she said, you... And I, I, know, I, I, sh- I was like, I should be able to listen to this stuff because this is what happens in the world. I should be able to listen to it. And she said, you need to just create an environment for yourself where you feel the best. <laughs> like You pick what you consume every day. You can just pick to consume things that make you feel nice. That's when you said that to me, I um, lost it because I used to listen to true crime as well. And I had landed in Melbourne one night for a work trip and I was in the back of an Uber and it was like, I don't know. 11 p.m. at night, so pitch black, and I was sitting in the back of an Uber with my headphones in listening to a murder, and my heart was beating out of my chest, and I was like, why am I doing this? This is making why me feel crazy. Myself? That's what I did last night. I just sat and been, I'd done some work, and then I watched a bit of Mad Men, and then I was reading a nice little book, and I just read this horrible, horrible murder story just before I went to bed, and then I was so anxious for hours. So just don't do that to yourself. Be nice to yourself. Just find cute, lovely things to read about and only watch nice things and you're not, uh, you know, you're not weak if you do that. Exactly. So I think maybe we should move on to our COVID, COVID self-isolation survival guide. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yes. Love, so, which I think as, is a great time to move on from the topic, <laughs> at, aka what to read, watch, and do while stuck inside mm-hmm. your house. Yay! I found the funniest tweet, which kind of sums it up. There's this guy going, "My quarantine routine: seven a.m. wake up, eight a.m. wake up. This time for real. Nine a.m. self sabotage. <laughs> Three p.m. send an email. Four p.m. yoga, prayer, meditation. Four oh one p.m. drinking, smoking, and sending nude photos. Nine p.m. <laughs> <laughs> 9pm, lights out, read, read Doomsday articles until 5am. Literally. Yeah. I love it. That's like 4pm yoga, prayer, meditation, 4.01pm, drinking, smoking. I know. It's so good. So things that you can watch while in isolation. I'm going to kick this off because I know this was on your list, but I have just started it off the back of your recommendation for the past three years of our friendship, RuPaul's Drag Race. There is nothing that you should watch that we can more highly recommend 
during a quarantine than RuPaul's Drag Race. It is the most happy, inspiring, joy-making TV in the history of the world. But what I need you to do is I need you to tell everyone how to watch it because I was talking to my friend Jamie just before about RuPaul's and she said she's tried to get into it a million times but can't. And it's because you have told me the secret remedy for getting into it if you've never watched it before. Right. So, yeah, so there's different – I feel like – I do still feel like any season is good to start with, but there are definitely superior seasons. And I think that if you do it in a specific order – then you fall in love with it and then you'll just watch anything to do with it so that you can kind of cop the not-as-good seasons. Mm-hmm. Definitely don't watch chronologically because season one had a budget of $1.50. <laughs> yeah, so I think I everyone who starts with season one is just like, yeah, what the no. fuck's happening? Okay. Definitely don't start from season one. So start. I would say start from season five. Ideally start from All Stars season two, but season five also works. That's the kind of prime pinnacle key most iconic drag queens. So Detox, Alaska, Katia, Bianca Del Rio, Adore Delano, <laughs> whole <God>. vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I would just go five, six, seven, and then you can just you can just have a play. Mix from it there. up. So, so I started make- uh, season nine because Grace was um, in the middle of coronavirus and wasn't texting me back in time. So I started season nine, and then it was so funny because I was messaging Grace asking what RuPaul's vibe was because I just can't figure him out. And um, she, I, I was like, I'm on season nine, episode nine. And she goes, oh, my God, you must have seen this. And I was like, oh, my God, it's happening right now. How do you know? How do you yes. know play by play of every episode? And the last thing we'll say on that topic, because we've been told off for <laughs> deep diving into the absolute minutiae of every episode of TV shows that we recommend. There's that a people podcast. haven't seen yet. I haven't seen. Um there is a podcast called All Right, Mary, and it's two guys from New York who basically recap every episode ever of RuPaul's Drag Race, and it's amazing, and it's oh so God. funny. It actually, to blow our own horn, it reminds me of After Wet Drinks because it's that really unstructured, just back and forth, just two yeah, friends chatting, and they have on. these little, they have, yeah, and they have these little personal jokes that they just take so far, and it's just, they're so, so funny. <laughs> Um, and that was recommended by Evan Ross Katz, who's a um, he's a writer, but he basically has the best Instagram ever, and you should follow him immediately. I don't follow him. He's so funny. I've sent you so many things from him. I'm going to take over from here with the show, which is my RuPaul's Drag Race, and it is Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, the new one, with all of my boys. I just, every single episode, I cry, but I feel happy. And I'm happy with humanity. And as everyone knows, Anthony is the guy I want to marry more than basically anyone in the world. Um, And you can spot a few problems with that plan, but that's fine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm very attracted to gay men. We've found. Is it like like what you can't have? I'm not sure. I feel I think it's more just that they love the same shit as me. Yeah. But they don't want to go out with me. Yeah, maybe it is no. a one what you can't have thing. Tried hitting on a guy in, um, uh, where were we? Milan? <laughs> gay. Very gay. Oh my God. It was so, so funny. We all went outside for a smoke and we we're all chatting. And then he just said, Bella, my boyfriend and I. 
I was like, no, no. No, <laughs> basically I was talking to him. And then as soon as I started talking to him, Grace was trying to exit because she was trying to give me time with him. And I was like, Grace, give me one goddamn second to figure this guy out. And then within literally like finger marks bruised the next day. She was like, do not go. And within 20 seconds, he goes, me and my boyfriend. And then Grace just settled down into her seat and knew she wouldn't be leaving anytime soon. But then we became best friends anyway. And it's so funny because as soon as, as soon as they say, as soon as he said he was gay, I relaxed and was being myself and was being chatty and funny and normal. And I was like, God, if only every guy said they were gay, because then they'd see the normal version of myself. You know, like beforehand I was trying to be, yeah. um, you know, I was, I don't, I don't know, whatever. When you're talking to a guy that you think yes. you might like, you're kind of a bit different by accident just because you're nervous. And then as soon as he was gay, I was like, oh, all right, and linked my arm and hey. his, hanging out, hanging yeah. out all night, became fast friends, have been messaging on Instagram since. He's going to come visit us in London. No, he's literally our friend now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Queer Eye, I feel, is a great, great, great show. If you've never gotten into it, please watch it. What's yours? Mine's Mad Men, which I've just started watching for the first time. I really hope it's on Australian Netflix, and I'm really sorry if it isn't. I don't know how to check, but it's on Netflix here every season. I think it is. I think it is too, and it's so bloody good. And there's something great about a show that's been out for ages because you're not going to get any spoilers because no one's talking about it, and everything's there for you, so you don't have to wait for new seasons to come out. Elizabeth Moss is in it, and she's bloody amazing, and I love her. She's my favourite character. I've never seen Mad Men either. Yeah, little Peggy. She's, like, meant to be frumpy, but Elizabeth Moss is just heaven. And it also reminded me that Elizabeth Moss was married to Fred Armisen for like four months and I went down a wormhole of that little relationship hmm. anyway love Don Draper even though he's a bit of an asshole okay I'm gonna start watching that as well and then we can talk about it yeah it's really good and January Jones is in it and she is just bloody heaven on earth my next recommendation is to get back into Grey's Anatomy okay Phaedra will be very on board with this yes. you know she's like biggest fan and her boyfriend marty as well loves it i don't know if i'm outing him here but i'm sure i'm not but yeah Yeah, i so i actually got back into it last year god knows why that happened but i remember i was going to coachella and made everyone stay up and watch an entire season of gray's anatomy before we went to coachella i remember when surely this is not a spoiler obviously (laughs) when (laughs) Oh, I don't know because I don't remember forward. things. Okay, jump forward forty seconds. But the iconic when Denny dies and Catherine Heigl's in oh, her yeah, game. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I rewatched that that's recently. Like a, that's a formative moment of my childhood. I feel mm. because I was absolutely hysterical, and I must have been twelve or thirteen, quite young. Yeah, you would have been like you would have been like eleven. Yeah, and I remember it. No, I was in high school. So I remember going to high school the next day and Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol was the song. Yes. And everyone had it on their pods that night. My high school boyfriend, that was our song. It makes me want to vomit. (laughs) Oh, my God. I remember I had an iPod Nano and it had probably seven songs on it and one was Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol because I downloaded it on LimeWire that night. No, LimeWire. Staying with my dad in this random... LimeWire's probably inserted into all of our brains. It's probably given us a virus. Literally, it's probably responsible for the virus. (laughs) Literally, it broke everything. (laughs) 
Okay. My last visual recommendation is Dakota Johnson's house tour on Architectural Digest. It's, I think I've watched it seven or eight times now. It's, it's like an ASMR video. It's so soothing. I'm obsessed with her now, which. How is that so soothing? And how have you watched it seven or eight times? She's got this amazing ASMR voice, like very soft spoken. She's so funny. Did you know she was funny? She's so cool. Yeah. She's so funny. She's our vibe. We need to become friends with her. It's my new life goal for us. Mm-hmm. She's, I, yeah, I feel like I want to play clips in here so people can understand, but I just want you to have seen it so we can laugh about things that she says. Like she's in the garden and she just points <laughs> to this plot of grass and is like, my cat chicken's buried there. And she starts laughing and then she's like, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's not funny, but I think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you've already seen like, that small clip. And then she's like, this is a candle that looks like a mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got all her books lined up and they're going to zoom in on one. And she's like, oh, God, these are so embarrassing. Just go and zoom in on a cooler one and just, like, takes all the books off the shelf and shoves them in a drawer. She's Me? so cute. Me with all Literally. my disgusting lowbrow books. Yeah, she's she's really funny. Uh, my last recommendation for... A visual recommendation is that for everyone who's ever said that they it's too far gone and that they now cannot watch Game of Thrones, welcome to self-isolation. Welcome to 2020. It's time to go back to season one of Game of Thrones. <laughs> this is random. Why? It's come from? Have you been watching it? No, but we you literally messaged me before and you said, what a three massive things that take ages to watch that people should watch if they're stuck inside and i actually took the task seriously you came up with dakota johnson's house tour on youtube which is a seven minute video clip and i thought what's a massive tv show that takes ages to watch and it's game of thrones it's true but game of thrones gets so shit at the end that it's almost for a depressing june or whenever they'll get to the end of it <laughs> get to the end yeah next year but just it's still worth watching i feel for all of the other seasons in zach have been watching breaking bad as well which we i saw as it was coming out but haven't rewatched, and he hasn't seen and it's really good to watch that stuff because it just makes the time go fast yeah and one of my best friends is in game of thrones which i always forget about until she pops on the screen it gives me such a fright every time Coolest thing ever. I wish I was in Game of Thrones. I know. She's one of the Dornish sisters as well, who are just the most badass characters. Yeah. So on to other things you can do. Books. I'm going to, again, recommend something random. Is <laughs> <laughs> but it's because I'm trying to think of things that uh, – uplifting and you know you don't want to recommend reading a little life right now even though that'll take you ages because it'll yeah, make you feel sad I, I was thinking i was like we could we need to not do books that is the most recent books we read or good literary books it needs to be shit that people actually want to sit down and read or they're stuck in a bloody house so leanne moriarty okay all of her books they're not bad books they're just kind of uh they're just easy to read whatever yeah. books that aren't going to teach you anything, but they're fun. Um, if she wrote Lies, she's obviously she, a genius. Yeah, so Big Little Lies is a good one. The Husband's Secret is a really good one. Basically, once you read The Husband's Secret, you'll be hooked and you'll want to read all the others. 
Uh, Are they connected? On- no, they're not connected, but they're all kind of similar in the way she writes. So she writes, um, she's got, I don't know, five different characters per book and each chapter is a different character and then it flicks back and they all kind of connect. Mm. Um, what Alice Forgot is another good one. Even the hypnotist secret. Oh, the hypnotist love story. I've read all of them. Her most recent one, Nine Perfect Strangers, is shit. I would not recommend. Okay. Hold off on that one. So don't read that. Also, Marion Key's books. Um, I was talking to Grace. She's got a new book out, which I haven't read, but I was talking to Grace the other day because I was randomly listening to How to Fail with Elizabeth Day, and she had Marion Keys on it. And I was like, Marion Keys is this low-key legend who was like basically saying everything that Grace says about women and feminism and weight and all of the and it was so funny i was like you are marion keys um and she's had the craziest life she was an alcoholic all through her 20s um tried to end her life and then started writing books and then is hugely successful and has sold i think 40 million copies worldwide it's crazy that's a really good podcast episode as well to listen to but her books i've i read them all growing up and they're just easy to read but really really well written the last one Amazing. I read of hers is called The Breakup, which came out a few years ago, and it's good. But I recommend her, like, really old ones. I think there's one called Watermelon, which I remember loving. And I just ordered a whole bunch of books off Amazon Prime. I'm not sure if it's the same thing in New Zealand and Australia, but they're so cheap. They were, It was five or six pounds for all these brand new books that we were looking at in the bookstore the other day. So I ordered Girl, Woman, Other. I ordered um, The Nickel Boys, which you told me to read, by Colson Whitehead. That's really depressing for for um for a lock in, a lock in. I have to say, but it's so good. And then my last book is which I have not read in years, and I have the memory of a goldfish, as everyone now knows. But I remember really enjoying Shantaram, which I don't know if that's because I was like twenty one. But what is it by Gregory David Roberts? That big, huge book, Shantaram, and he was uh, in India. Yes. And I swear there's, there was discussions that Johnny Depp was going to be in a movie version of it for yeah. 15 years and it just never eventuated. Yeah. Good okay, book. good one. I would recommend The Secret History, and I just picked up The Goldfinch as well, mm-hmm. which I haven't read yet. The Secret History by Donna Tartt is just one of those great, like, meaty, sit and spend a few days reading. It's kind of a murder mystery, but not really. It's not so quite well hard. Not depressing. It's just so well written and so good. Anything by David Sedaris, he's just so funny and he writes books of essays. So Calypso and Let's Explore Diabetes with Owls are the two that I've read. And they're just really funny and clever and well written and uplifting and quick. And you can just kind of sit and read and have a laugh. And that's probably what everyone wants to be doing right now. I also just read The Argonauts by Maggie Nelson, um, which is just a really great. I. Yeah, I just feel like every woman should read it. I think it's going to be one of those books I go back over with a pen and just scribble things in and highlight stuff over and over because she's so wise and it's all about her. It's kind of just, it's like a memoir but not really, but it's about her and her husband is um, trans and about how they conceived their first child and uh, just a lot of questions about, motherhood and identity and feminism and sex and it's just really really cool and really well written and clever and great anything joan didion me and izzy both love her she's a bit of a legend post girl for (laughs) girls of our age but just literally anything 
the White Album, The Year of Magical Thinking, Blue Night. Even her first essay that she ever wrote about New York, and it's just online. You can download it for free. Yeah, it, literally anything she's ever written will just make you happy, basically. And then anything by Malcolm Gladwell, I think. He's just so bloody clever. But I think one of the pull quotes one of his books is, he's the best kind of writer because he makes you feel like a genius instead of thinking he's a genius because he just kind of tells you things that you kind of already knew but in this super clever way just makes you and it makes you like other human beings more which is really important so talking to strangers talking to strangers or outliers or no he didn't do thinking fast and so or blink Mm -hmm. or really one other book that i want to recommend is dolly alderton's everything i know about love it's another really easy read, fun read, makes you laugh, makes you cry. But then off the back of that, I want to recommend, if you've already read that, going on Twitter and literally just reading Dolly's tweets right now. It is so funny. She's locked in isolation. She's going nuttier by the second. And her tweets are just getting more and more hilarious. She's like the funny, She's if anyone hasn't heard of her, she's a funny British journalist. I think it's, I don't know, it sounds rude to call her a modern day bridget jones it shouldn't be because, it shouldn't be because bridget jones yeah. is a legend and it's not yeah. even about the like eternally single thing it's just being like, hilarious and she's a writer as well and she's self-deprecating and she goes on lots of dates and she writes a dating column she's kind of carrie bradshaw meets um bridget jones yes so anyway so she's going nuts on uh twitter my favorite one Millennials must not join TikTok. I feel very strongly about this. Very boomers joining Instagram. Very ungroovy. We must pass the baton with grace and composure, which I, I feel so, so strongly much. about because everyone's so passionately about on fucking TikTok. And it's so like, and then someone someone commented below, being like, "Don't act like you don't want to join." And then Dotley was like, "I, of course, I want to. I'm sweating to join." <laughs> yes. <laughs> We all want to do a little dance video, but unfortunately, it's not made for us. No. And we then she goes, there. it's not our time, Jordan. We had our moment to lark about doing our dances in our bathrooms. It was called Vine, and it was in 2012. <laughs> That's so good. And then testament to how needy I am that every time I see someone has included me as a close friend on Instagram, I want to write them a very long and very emotional email thanking them. She's just so That's funny. Nice. So funny. Also, I have to say, I don't know if this is going to sound a little judgmental, but I think that people need to stop going on Instagram live during COVID. I know you're at home and I know that you're just bored, but it's not ending well for anyone. I know. Do you mean Instagram live or just Instagramming themselves speaking? No, Instagram live, like doing a live thing, being oh, like, I haven't oh, really. Oh, I feel like yeah. I'm seeing heaps of that. Yeah, I have, I don't click onto them. The only good one was um, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen doing a concert. Oh, did they do one? Yeah, they did it. So John Legend went live and did a concert, and Chrissy Teigen just sat on top of the piano in her towel, um, drinking wine, and then just scrolling on her Instagram. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Vanessa Hudgens did an Instagram live, and it did not end well for her. No. Was she high? What was happening? Yeah, she looked a bit out of it. She basically said something along the lines of apparently apparently the precursor to it was that she was really annoyed that um Coachella got cancelled. So she was yeah. going on a rant about it and then she said <laughs> You're like, Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then she said, 
you know, people are going to die, but it's like inevitable. <laughs> and now she's got in so much trouble. And then on all the comments on Twitter, people were saying, leave her alone. She's just a child. And then everyone was like, she's 31. Is she? Yes, because she looks 16. People were trying to get all these people, this woman from the COVID, like ser- some service in the US commented and said, I don't think it's the right time to be attacking a, a child who obviously doesn't under- understand. And they're like, this is Vanessa Hudgens. She's a huge celebrity and she's 31 years old. Oh, my God, that's so <laughs> funny. Uh, God. Hilary Duff's been quite funny on Instagram live or i don't know if this is instagram live (laughs) we're fucking 80 we're 100 years old but she's she just keeps driving through the streets being like go home go home what are you doing outside go home (laughs) i know hillary duff's a a legend she's a bit of a legend isn't she yeah um also a few other things you can do while self-isolating is you can learn a language so i have jumped on duolingo and i'm learning french Harry Styles is learning Italian and he's learning sign language. That's so nice that he's learning sign language. Yeah. You can also spring clean the house, <laughs> which is something that I, I find really exciting. I'm not sure anyone else will. No, I'm enjoying having a little rearrange, having a little spruce up of things, looking for furniture on Gumtree. But especially in, in flats or... Uh, what do you guys call them? Share houses. Mm. Everyone, I feel like you open the cupboard where the bloody cups are kept or mugs and there's about 45,000 different mugs. They've got weird slogans on them. No one uses them. <laughs> Everyone uses their, their favorite mug. They've been around for decades. Just throw, like, get rid of them. No one Fuck needs them. them. Yeah. Well, literally yeah. most of the houses I've been in, you can barely close the cupboard because there's so many fucking mugs. How many mugs can one house need? Yeah, just chuck them away. <laughs> <laughs> also, sell your clothes, literally. Yeah. And I go on about this all the time. I sound like a broken record, but it's fashion has such a big impact on the environment, so this is such a great time to go through your wardrobe. It's actually really fun. Get a few piles going. And use Depop. We should start out on Depop. Use pre-loved closet, use eBay, use Vestia, use the real real, use everything, donate to charity. Obviously can't have a market stall, but you know, find things that need to be altered, go to the dry cleaner, you know? This that's a fun Sunday for me. We can't go to the dry cleaner, Grace. Can't go to the dry cleaner, but have a little <laughs> pump ready for September when you can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I would like to quickly touch on some non- self-isolation coronavirus topics, namely one that I'm not sure anyone else in the world cares about, but I really, really care about this. Please cast your minds back to October 2019. It was happier times. The Bachelor at USA had finished. We were all upset because Hannah Brown, we as in me and my two American flatmates, were all upset because Hannah Brown had picked Jed. Remember the guy who, who had a girlfriend the whole time and she found out through a People article that he had a girlfriend the whole time. And did she picked- play the guitar? She, yeah, she picked the dirtbag musician. Yeah, over oh. love, over lovely. What is she And she's the cutest girl in the world, and you're just watching it, and you're like, "No, Hannah!" And he's just disgusting. And then Tyler Cameron, who's like this fucking angel from the heavens above, was, and so handsome. He looks like a '50s movie star. He's so handsome. 
So he came second and he was ready to propose to her and they were going to be the cutest couple ever. Then she finds out that Jed has had a girlfriend the whole fucking time. So she dumps Jed. And then they have the reunion special. So this is three months later. They have the reunion. And Tyler comes on and Hannah's like, I'm so sorry. I made the worst decision. Will you please go on a date with me? And Tyler's like, yeah, of course. And then everyone cheers. Everyone's happy. The next minute, like the next day, you see... Hannah leaving his apartment. So they've obviously stayed over together. Everyone's happy. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Two days later, Tyler Cameron is spotted at Soho House with Miss Juju Hadid. Yes. So he starts dating Juju Hadid for months. Everyone's sad for Hannah because he's now with the biggest supermodel in the world. But also she's an idiot for not picking him. And then fast forward to now, 2020, when we need some happiness in our lives, Juju Hadid has gone back to Zayn Malak for God knows what reason. And I like him. I like them, but I'm like, it's not working. And I feel like she not can do better than Zane. They're cute. Mm. I'm going to die on this hill. <laughs> it's an odd hill for you to die on. Love, I like love seeing them get back together. You only like seeing them get back together because you think it's like you and Zach getting back together. Exactly. <laughs> and then fast forward to now and... Tyler's, it's really sad, Tyler's mum died, I think, a week ago. And then Hannah has been spotted visiting him in Florida, and then she's just been hanging out with him for two weeks, and they're obviously dating again. That's really nice. This is the kind of wholesome content that we need right now. Yeah, and everyone's like, this is the Bachelor ending we all need and deserve, and it's coming true when we need it. they're self-isolating? They're self-isolating? I don't really think so, actually. They're at the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Naughty, naughty. Yes. But they are hanging out again, and I'm super happy because she's the cutest ever, and she just made a mistake, like we all do. Yeah, musicians are just illegal. Stay away, girls. Yes. We We also have some young listeners. Uh, A girl posted on our Facebook page, and she's year 12 in high school. Wow. She's going to be so clever. When she's older, she's going to know right from year 12. Like, this is what I mean. She's going to know from year 12 to never touch a musician. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, I was like, I'm worrying that we're shaping the minds of young, impressionable people. But you're right. We can use this as a message to beam into your brain. Yes. Don't do what we all have done. <laughs> Don't be <any> musicians. <laughs> do not ever date a musician. Or a sports player. Sports Yes. Player. Yes. One other thing that I want to touch on, which I'm not sure if anyone cares about, but I, again, care about this. Ben Affleck is dating Anna de Armas. I'm... She's the be- most beautiful woman I've ever seen, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, she's gorgeous. I, I might, might say a, a questionable taste in men. I might put Honestly, that out there. if I look like Anna de Armas, I would be going for Brad Pitt, if any older hollywood man <laughs> if any <laughs> exactly i'm just not a ben affleck fan no you know. so now ben affleck has um joined leonardo dicaprio in his role as instagram boyfriend of younger hot actress girlfriend right tell me what's the, what's so the deal they were so they are in a movie together that's coming out soon they've been dating they were spotted in costa rica walking on the beach by paparazzi and then two days later she posted all of these blurry photos he'd taken of her frolicking in the waves to Instagram. 
And everyone's just <laughs> like, we know Ben took those and he just can't focus the camera. And so now, yeah, I, I just find it really funny because I just find it funny that these guys who don't have Instagrams of their own that we know of probably don't really get it or know how to use it. And then they're just dating these hot young actresses who are like, just take my photo. Just stand there yeah. and take my photo and take another one and another one and another one like you know is happening. They're both Academy Award winning actors. It's just like cracks me up <laughs> so much. The, the Leonardo DiCaprio holding the phone landscape at Cannes Film Festival. It's my uh, Facebook. Uh, what's that thing on Facebook? My Facebook photo. Your cover photo. Yeah. is <laughs> Leo with the phone sideways. It would never not be my favorite photo in all eternity. Yeah, I forgot about that, actually. That was really funny. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, dancing around like a bird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so These good. blurry pieces, I'm looking at them now. What is he playing at? I would I be know. bloody furious. I certainly wouldn't be posting them. She's only posting them because they're loved up right now. Mm. Later she'll tell them off. <laughs> uh, I love people. A source told people they are definitely dating. <laughs> I know. Yes, people. <laughs> uh, maybe Ben Affleck is, against all evidence, a really nice bloke. Hmm. I think there's no other good celebrity news out there this week, but if anyone's found any, please feel free to send them our way. But I feel like, should we wrap this up with a few positive takeaways from this whole yes. thing? Yes. So there actually are surprisingly a few little nuggets of good news that have come out of this whole situation. And it doesn't take away from the fact that obviously we're still in the middle of a very scary time. We all need to be taking this really seriously. Basically, I just don't want to be like, people are dying, but there's dolphins. It just seems yeah. silly. But I know, but it's it, you're, we are seeing in a very short amount of time, very positive impacts on the environment in certain areas when humans sort of stay out of the way for a while. And I think it's a sign of what could potentially happen if we all decide to put the environment first at some Mm. point. That's a big kind of palate cleanser for the environment right now. Yes. So in Venice, where there's been a citywide shutdown, the the water in the canals have kind of completely cleared and in certain areas around there, there's been spottings of dolphins for the first time in ages. Love dolphins so much. Same. That's um, all we got. <laughs> friend was saying, which is so bloody clever, that, you know, after World War One, there was this, obviously all the women went into fill-in for the jobs that the men couldn't do while they were out fighting. And it kind of spurred on this movement of feminism when everyone came back where women said, well, why are we going to go back into the house now and not work when we know that we're capable of working? And that this kind of global pandemic might have this this strangely positive side effect eventually of everyone seeing, well, I can do my job to my own hours from home and still be just as productive. So why would I go back and stick to the, like, 40-hour work week again if I've proven mm. that I can? I don't have to do that? Because as we know, like, the 40-hour work week, as we've talked about, till we're blue in the face, really negatively impacts women specifically because they're usually the primary caregivers and do the school runs and things like that. So maybe this will shift the whole entire way that we do work. Totally. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. Sorry this is a little bit late, but it's longer than usual, so there you go. There you go. Please stay indoors. Yeah, stay indoors. Listen to our entire back catalogue. That'll see you through a few days. Mm -hmm. And then everyone watch Queer Eye and we'll chat to you next week. Feel better soon, Grace. I miss you. I miss you too. I'm feeling upset. I know. I'm so alone and bored. (laughs) Zach's just in the next room. I know. (laughs) I love him, but I need more company as well. I know. I'm going to do Google Hangouts with everyone I've ever met for the next few days. Perfect. If you would like to join us on a Google Hangout. I know, we could just do some crazy fucked up one with like a hundred people on it. Us, like literally us today, don't, millennials shouldn't join TikTok. Us tomorrow will be us doing TikTok dances via Skype and uploading it. Yeah, literally, we're probably going to end up on TikTok by the end of this thing and we'll have aged a hundred years as well, so it'll be even worse than normal. (laughs) I'm doing Instagram lives as we TikTok. Oh my God, I just forgot. I have one more recommendation. Everyone can just switch off if they want, and this can just be us chatting. If anyone wants an extra little added bonus of AWD, holy shit, last night I turned on the television at 11.30, and I never watch UK TV because you need a TV license here, which is crazy. Um, and this show came on, Grace, and it's a reality TV dating show right up our alley, and it's called Five Guys a Week, and it is absolutely that shit crazy so basically what happens i came in halfway through callie's episode every different episode five different guys go to a woman's house her house and they just put a camera crew inside they don't bother doing anything else the guys had to sleep on um like just those kind of hospital bed things pull out beds in her Mm -hmm. kids room and in the lounge and just everywhere and they all come in and then they're trying to win her heart and that's just, not okay for her it, children to have oh, the to deal kids, with the that. kids aren't there they're somewhere else but right um they come into the house and then it's just like there's no structure at all so i was just watching it and then they were all sitting in the lounge and then suddenly it was just an elimination because she just goes the guy i've chosen to leave is blah blah and then the guy had to stand up and get out and there's no structure at all so one night they just got absolutely wild drunk and had a party in her kitchen and then one of her them, and these five men her and the five guys and and then um at the end yes so by the end of the episode which is like half an hour long she's eliminated three out of the five and then they're just having she's having dinner with the final two and then suddenly you realize that she's picking who she's gonna be with for the rest of her life and she just picks, i love this show it's so crazy where i wrote down some notes just to make sure i didn't forget because it was like I was, it was like midnight and I was falling asleep and then I was like, I can't forget this show because it's the funniest thing I've ever fucking seen. It, it's literally as if there was just a dating show happening in your house right now with, without any preparation or any scripting or anything <laughs> happening. And then I was like, is this a big thing in the UK? Because this is crazy. And I went onto the five guys a week Instagram and it has about 200 followers so no one watches the show. It's just not what a thing. What is of a show? Five guys I need a week. to know more. 497 followers on Instagram. And the girl Kelly, had, they, it's just not even a thing. So her winner has... Oh, he's got, it's verified when it has 400 followers? I don't know. And, 
And Kelly now has, Kelly, who was on it last night, has 230 Instagram followers. So it's just not like no one watches it. I just don't think any human being has ever watched this show apart from me last night. (laughs) But it was crazy. I couldn't turn it off. And I'm already ready for next week where they go to, so next week they go to Manchester and this girl said that she likes ginger guys and they put every single guy in the house as ginger. That's too far. You don't need all five. All five of them are ginger. I have like a curious thing because I feel like the five guys a week font is the same as the five guys font, which is my favorite place to get burgers. (laughs) Maybe it's, um, maybe they're sponsored by five guys, which would be so crazy. (laughs) I don't think so. Cause they've got these weird sandwiches in this one. Uh. Anyway. Okay. So everyone should watch that cause it's (laughs) crazy. I honestly was like, what is happening? I didn't even realize that it was a reality show. It just literally looked like someone turned on a camera in a house. I feel really, like, especially upset that you're in a really nice hotel and that I was supposed to be there and that you're eating pizza and fries and watching Five Guys a Week or whatever it's bloody called, and I wasn't there for any of it. I know. Okay. Bye, guys, please. Bye, guys. Don't bother rate, reviewing, and subscribing. All we ask of you this week is to not go to Bondi Beach. (laughs) Stay indoors. (laughs) Yay. Bye. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Okay, Mum, I'm putting you on speaker. Hi, yeah. Donna. <laughs> Did you hear Grace? <laughs> yes. Has she has she recovered from COVID nineteen? Mum, have you had some Pinot Noir? Yes. Was it delicious? <laughs> yes. yes, you. Yes. It was absolutely beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Okay, Mum, I'm freaking I'm out. To, I'm trying not to drink gin, but so Pinot Noir is what I've had tonight. Okay. Which is really good. Okay. Okay, okay I've got to go record the podcast. Really? Yeah. Okay, but you are going to come back, do you think? Uh, I'll look after you. All right, Mum. We'll go to isolation together and then we'll see who kills who first. <laughs> no, you can go to isolation by yourself. Mum, I'm not going to isolation by myself. I'll fucking get depressed. I knew that was the problem. Yeah, all right, I gotta go. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I don't wanna be okay, bye bye. Bye, love you, bye. Bye, Grace. Bye, bye, don't Say bye to after work drinks. Bye, after work drinks. (laughs) (laughs) See you. (laughs) Bye. See you later. I love her so much. (laughs) Stop swearing, bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 